During the COVID-19 pandemic, many people have sought treatment with unproven therapies, including ivermectin. When hospitals have declined to provide ivermectin to critically ill patients, the patients or their family members have sometimes asked courts to intervene. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Christopher Robertson, a professor at the Boston University School of Law. Professor Robertson has co-authored a perspective article about the outcomes and the implications of ivermectin-related lawsuits against hospitals. Professor Robertson, what medical and legal parameters govern the use of ivermectin for COVID-19? And why has ivermectin been the target of conflicts over what constitutes appropriate care? Well, ivermectin has been approved by the FDA as a treatment for certain parasites and other conditions. It's in the media been described as a horse medicine, but it does have human approvals. But like many other drugs, it can be used off-label for indications not on the label and not reviewed or approved by the FDA. And of course, much off-label use has low evidence in support of it. And indeed, a Cochrane review of ivermectin has not supported its widespread use outside of clinical trials. So looking specifically at hospitals, is there any information on how often patients or their families have asked facilities to administer ivermectin and how often the hospitals have agreed? We have not been able to find any systematic data on that question. We have seen news reports that it's in the thousands of times that patients have requested ivermectin and indeed have gone to courts to request it. But we've only been able to find fulsome court records for about a half a dozen cases uh, that we think are maybe the tip of the iceberg. Just due to the nature of this sort of litigation in local courts, often on an emergency basis, you don't see the full record produced like you would for, a, say, U.S. Supreme Court case. So how have courts generally decided in these cases, or at least the ones in which records are available? We've seen a couple courts initially on an ex parte basis, meaning before they even had a chance to hear from the hospital, they have entered some orders purporting to require the hospital to administer ivermectin. But typically, once the hospital gets involved in the case, sends an attorney to court, develops a factual record to explain the situation, we've seen courts refusing to either extend those orders uh, beyond an initial temporary period, or in other cases, the orders have been overridden on appeal. And so generally, the courts, once they've had a chance to have a full consideration, they've tended to support the discretion of hospitals and hospital physicians to refuse to administer ivermectin when that's their preference. And what reasoning have the courts used in deciding either for the patient or for the hospital? When deciding for the patient, we've seen some what I might call Hail Mary reasoning. They say, well, this patient is deathly ill. The ivermectin probably can't hurt them. This is what the patient wants. And moreover, some physician that the patient has found is in fact recommending or purporting to prescribe ivermectin. And so in that sort of case, the courts have sort of said, tie goes to the patient, might as well give it to them because after all, it's their life that's at stake. Other courts, and probably the more considered view, is that, look, hospitals have, under the law, responsibility to maintain uh, medical staff and governance, and the hospital physicians have medical malpractice liability and licensure requirements that they provide competent care. And so there, the courts have realized that the courts are not really competent, especially on an emergency basis, to override the intelligent medical judgment and governance of independent hospitals and physicians. So they've tended to say, no, I will not force the provision of ivermectin. I will mention that there's a middle ground, right, where in some cases a patient can be transferred to another hospital to receive care if that other hospital is willing to provide it. Or in some cases, 
a physician within the original hospital can decide on his or her own medical judgment if within the bounds of the hospital policy to provide ivermectin. Um, So the system has some escape valves, some pressure release valves to either transfer the patient or find a physician in the hospital. But when those aren't available, ultimately the courts have tended to decide with the hospitals to decline to provide ivermectin. Do you see these cases about ivermectin administration as different from past court battles over medical decision-making over hospital policies? We can think about two classic broader themes, including therapeutic abortion or the provision of -of end-of-life care or the removal of -of end-of-life care, where we've seen somewhat similar battles where patients wanted a medical decision that the hospital was unwilling to provide. The classic case of Cruzan, for example. The parents wanted to remove life-sustaining care and the hospital declined to do so and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. So in one sense, there has been this practical track record of disputes, but I think what we're seeing differently now is the scale of patients seeking this unproven remedy of ivermectin being much greater due to social media and other traditional media promoting these unproven cures. And frankly, we've seen a critical mass of physicians around the country willing to write prescriptions. And so in that sense, it really raises the other question of whether those physicians should keep their licenses and their board certifications for promoting and becoming complicit in advocating for these unproven treatments. Finally, going forward, how do you think these cases are going to affect the relationship between the medical field and the judiciary? Do you think they'll have implications beyond COVID? I think so far the judiciary has, once it's sort of gotten past these temporary emergency settings, the judiciary has, I think, maintained the appropriate deference to the healthcare system, recognizing that no judge in a black robe is really able to evaluate whether ivermectin is appropriate for this patient or that patient. So I think we have not seen the sea change of erosion of, of at least this value of medical independence and medical institutionalization that is so important to maintain the integrity of healthcare. So thankfully, I'd say no to that answer so far. Thank you, Professor Robertson.